make it big. How can you make what big? Wait a minute. What are you on Facebook? I'm on every. I'm on all my platforms. I'm on YouTube, and then my three Facebook pages: my personal, my uh, impact, the impact page, all that stuff. And I'm finna. And I'm finna share it. Oh, you haven't. You haven't uh, come on. So when you come on, we live now. So you know, shout out to uh, anybody that's tuned in. This is Impact Podcast. I'm Coach A. I got my friend Michael, Mr. Newsom, in the building. Um, we want to say happy Memorial Day to everybody. Hopefully you had a wonderful three-day weekend. Hope you celebrated with your family. Um, again, it is Memorial Day. I don't. I was reading some up about it, and they say you're supposed to mourn for those that are passed away, but I, I, I like celebrating, you know what I'm saying? Celebrating the fact that, you know, they was here in the good times and, you know, their their service that they've done to us. So I like to make everything positive. So I don't think we should be reflecting on the negative, the fact that they're not here with us or what they went through or whatever situation was. Let's look at the positives, you know, the, the great times that we spent with them and the fact that, you know, some of them, some people lost their lives doing what they love doing, what they enjoy doing, you know, protecting, serving for the country. So that's what this is about today. Got my man, Mike. How you doing, Mike? Hey, pretty good. Pretty good. Just doing what I do. Doing what you do. <laughs> looking smooth, too, man. You always look. Every time I see you, looking smooth. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate the compliment. Uh, you know, I, I, I believe it all matters. Your brand and everything about you, you know. Exactly. And that beard matters too, man. You what you feeding that thing? Oh, um, I had some lava cake last night and some salmon. And you spilled it on your beard and it grew overnight. I I, I would tell you, but this is a PG station, you know. I, <laughs> no <laughs> no, my wife, she she makes an oil for me. Uh oh yeah. Where is yeah. it at, man? You can put it up here. Some people might see it. Can they? Can somebody buy it? Yeah, actually, I, I sell it. Uh, I mean, I can have to have to go get a bottle of it. Hold on one second. Yeah, run and get a bottle real quick, you unprepared guest. That's Mike. He's going to go get a bottle of his uh, beard food. He has his this big old beard. It's nice, actually. I can't get mine to grow. Oh, there it is. There you go. Yes. Uh, let's see. Uh, so I don't call mine essentials. I call essence oils. You know. Oh, uh, so what you do? You you got a, a special bottle and and put your own name on it and pour just yeah. stuff in there. Basically, yeah. What my wife she takes, I think it's like eight different oils, mm. and she mixes them together. And I use I she had been using it for years, right? And so when I started growing my beard out, uh, I went to the hair store and got some oil supposed to be for the beard, but it was all thin. I sprayed it on there. That thing was all kinked up. And I was like, it was almost worse than it was like water. And I came home. I said, let me try your oil because she did it on her on her scalp. And I combed right through that. I said, hold up, hold up. I've been sitting here all this time <laughs> with a nappy with this, beard, fighting with this thing. You got the <laughs> the nectar of life over here. So, uh, <laughs> so I started using. It. I've been using it every day. And then I, I you know, I'm always have that entrepreneurial spirit. So I'm, I'm thinking, oh man, I need to market this. So I started selling. I had um, samples first and I would give it away to brothers that had beards. 
and then you know started selling it okay so does it soften soften the beard up a little bit it's like the s curl for beards um the Duke it, relaxer it, for it, your it beard makes it, it makes it manageable um and where you can comb right through it it doesn't make it like real soft it it just makes whatever the, the grade of your hair i have a coarse grade of hair so my hair yeah. is still coarse but i can pick through it now before it was like trying to pull almost pulled out my face like you got sheep like you got sheep <laughs> <laughs> That's what it feels like. exactly you know? so, I so like what you guys do this weekend man any special plans did you did you do anything special this weekend for this Memorial Day? I mean, obviously you had an extra day off. Well, thank you. And I, actually, I I used it as a work day because uh, you know my belief is I work all week for all other people. So on um, any chance I get to promote what I'm doing, I, that's what I do. I mean, my wife we went out last night to uh, dinner. On, mm-hmm. uh, I'm over here on the West Coast, so there's a you. I mean, you, you're familiar with Longbow Key, but a lot of people probably may not be. Mm-hmm. Longbow Key is right by the water, so I took over there to a nice restaurant over there. It was pretty smooth. Food was good. That's the main thing. You're smooth, uh, you see, yeah. smooth man. The <laughs> candlelight. Did they have candles going? Uh, yes, they did have those. <laughs> <laughs> Did you call in ahead of time? Like, yo, I like to reserve a spot. No, no, I just we just walked up up in that building. We was like, they asked, uh, "Do you have a reservation?" I said, "No, well, I'm just here to eat." <laughs> so <you> come right. <laughs> it's the beard, man. I feel like the beard to get you in anywhere, man. What if that's what it is? That's what you promote. Why <laughs> can't grow like that? I'm gonna have to, you know, look at that. It'd be- I be, I was trying, man. It'd be patchy, so I just stick with, well, stick with what I know. What the secret, what I did, because I, at first I couldn't grow it all out at one time, and it was so itchy. If I tried to let it grow all out at one time, that I like, man, I got to cut it off. So I did it in stages. So I used to always have a chin strap, and then <laughs> I let it I let it grow maybe half inch higher edge of there. So I let it grow out incrementally, and it after a while it was here, and I just. So, so what's head. the you had an actual chin strap like yeah, football it, chin strap? You know when you have your hair coming thin here and just a little small. Oh, so you oh, okay? I thought you had an actual chin strap. I'm like, what you do? What is that? What's the purpose of that? Like locking in the moisture or something for the helmet? For the- <laughs> <laughs> like, nah, nah, nah. I thought you were trying to lock in the moisture of your beard, man, with a chin strap. No. So that's just what that. <laughs> so that's what that particular. That's the term. Yeah, that's the term. That's the term for that. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, you know, I, all that from a chin strap. It grew out like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I kept it cut down low, and I kept it, you know, nice and neat. And then I started first. I kept it low, but I I started letting it go a little thicker, a little thicker, higher. But I still kept it low. And then once I got it to a certain point, then I I I just stopped cutting it. And then when it grew out, I would just have them edge up here. And then when I would have the split ends, I just have them trim up the split end. Yeah. Okay. Good management. Kind of like a like the yard. Got to keep it trim and edged. That's right. That's a lot of work. You have That's to right. hire people. You got to keep that yard trim. Yeah. Keep it watered <laughs> with the oils. <laughs> so you you so Mike, some yes, of your sir. history, uh, military background. 
yeah, I was in when I got out of high school. I went into the Marines. Uh, my father did not want me to go in the Marines. He he did twenty years. He was a lifer, so he was saving money for me to go to college and all that. But I was all schooled out. When I finished high school, I said, I am not doing four more years of school. I, you know, so uh-huh. in my I think my eleventh grade, I signed up for early enlistment. He didn't even know it. So so. By- did you did a recruit did a recruiter come or you had our, or you looked up to your dad and you'd be like that's at some point you'd be like that's what I want to do because I you know my dad is doing that or like a, or or did an actual recruiter come to the school and the recruiter came the recruiter came to the school, um, but my thing was, um, I didn't have direction. I knew what I didn't want to do. I was burnt out from school. I was always intelligent, but. I did just enough to get through school. So you know, high school for the high school and middle school, that was just too much for you. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That was a wrap. Elementary. <laughs> that was a wrap. So elementary, um, middle school, high school, that's a wrap. I wasn't I'm thinking done. about it. just just the thought of four more years made the hairs on the back of my neck stay. So so my thing was, look, I really don't have a plan. I'm going to go to the military. And I told myself, if if I'm going to go into the military to learn how to fight, I want to learn from the best. So I went into the Marines. That, I thought they were the best at fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, I saw my father as a role model, and, and I respect the man that he was. Mm-hmm. Upstanding man. He was he was he uh, had his stuff together. So I respected that. And I'm like, okay, I can't do too bad if I come out like my dad. So I signed up and the rest is history. So did you, did you, none of your friends signed up with you? Like, you know, let's do this buddy thing or, you know, you just went by yourself. Like I've been a loner, uh, independent, uh, my whole life. I did I had friends, but no, I, no. I did it on my own. I signed up. I, re- I remember when I told my mom and dad, right, they were, we were talking about college, what I'm going to do after school, I, and I finally broke down and told them, I said, well, um, I already signed up for <laughs> early enlistment. I'm going off in September after school. They said, what? And they- first, he was pissed, right? Because he had set money aside, but after a while, he came to a sense and said, you know what? I get to spend this money. Yes, he went and bought a new car <laughs> before you even left. Yeah, well, I, I can't. I don't remember it was before, but I know he got a new car, and because I, I knew I could not mess buy, this money up. You could buy a nice car with some college money. Yeah, he did. He bought a Bonneville. <laughs> the one it used to level when you drive and go on curves. Yeah, yeah, it would level. It was it was a smooth ride. Um, so I did him well because if I had went in there and messed, because I. I would have just been chasing women. When I went in there, I was not going to be focusing on class. Young cat just getting out, a thundercat getting out there. A thundercat? <laughs> <laughs> On the prowl. I would have got in there and messed his money up, came home, and I would have had to live with that. I said, I already knew me. I already knew what I was going to do. So I said, you know what? Let me set my own path. And that's what I did. So they, they let you sign up 
Cause you, how old were you at the time when you signed the the pre enlistment? You didn't have um, you didn't have to be eighteen or get your parents' permission. You, you got to be signed. You got to be eighteen when you when you go in. But you can. They had the program where you can sign up early so that you be, you get a rank. And they keep it a secret. Camp. They just keep it a secret. Huh? They don't send. Well, it, no was, it wasn't official until you swear in. They'll send so, no letters to the house or nothing. No, the I can't remember if the recruiter came to the house. A lot of times they come to the house. And meet your parents, but by the time that all happened, I was already in. It was in twelfth grade, and I already had a talk with them. Said, "Look, I don't want to go to college. I think I was think St. Augustine or what, some school in Florida or Texas. They they would, you know, it was like an average school. It wasn't no Ivy <laughs> Ivy League school in that yeah. So, because I I was just doing enough." just to get by yeah and uh so i'm sure I they was, was happy to get you out the house like <laughs> yeah yeah you know i can't imagine them not i saw some new stuff they bought they sold one house when i come back they in a different three months later they in a new <laughs> they in a new place <laughs> That's a lot of college money <laughs> hey did they drop did they drop down a bedroom like did you come home and and it was like where am i supposed to sleep at well, I'm going to tell you, I don't know who's going to be on here, but anybody that knows um, me and my family, we came from what was in the time in 75 to 83 was a, a decent sized house. It was a th three bedroom, had a den, mm -hmm. right? But it was all on one level. When I came back, they had like three or four acres. They had a house of they had a full basement that had a bar, kitchen, wow. everything. Then they had the, the second level that had the, the full kitchen, the living room, dining room. And then they had the top floor that had three three bedrooms in it. And my parents. Wow. Yeah, the house, was, the house was bad. It had a deck on the second floor. The first one, and it had two fireplaces, one in the basement that went up to the second floor. The house was bad. Wow. And um, nice. Yeah. And, you know, family, that used to be the house that everybody would gravitate to, like for holidays and stuff like that. It was nice. I had a lot of people. So tell me about going in. You know, it's boot, is, uh, what is it, boot camp time, right? Yeah. Is that the first thing you experience? You go over to boot camp? Uh, well, before the boot camp, you go you take your, your physical. Right. Um, and then. Do they still do it? Do they do it? Well, I don't know if they do it for young people. Do they do a credit check and all that stuff too? No, no, no. There's no that they wouldn't have nobody. Ain't nobody got no credit. It's, <laughs> you're lucky. You're lucky. You got a driver's I, license. Hey, I, I, I tried one time. I they tried. Told, one wait a minute. They told you wouldn't. You couldn't get in because your credit. Yeah. Oh yeah. In fact, in fact, hmm. I was going for the Air Force. It was the Air Force. And so, and it was, but mine was a little different. I was messing up in college. So I was like, well, you know. Oh, you were in college. So it was like an escape. Way. This in was, it was, it was like an escape for me. They did a credit check. <laughs> the Air Force. Yeah. They did a credit. <laughs> I, and they I said, well, this. don't worry about it because they, you can do, um, they make you write like a letter or something to, to, you know, to help you get in. Everything so they can, looked at credit, they looked at if you had any kids, they looked at a lot I of that stuff. I can't speak for the Air Force because the Air Force is one of the branches that once you join the Marines, you can't join the Air Force. Mm. They they don't because they figure you're brainwashing your, your little oh okay. Friend. So they don't let you you can't even um like if you go 
are stationed by Air Force Base, they don't even let you go on base for like the enlisting club. You go on, you can go on base, but you can't go to the enlisting club or the officer yeah. club. No, they too many fights. Oh yeah, See, so I they think... may, they may be like that with the credit. The Marines they is like. Yeah, was. I think they saw me coming too because I was like, I, I had just lost a job. I was upset and, you know, I had Air a kid Force on the like way. Job. You know, I'm like, they, man, yeah. I'm like, I Air need Force to do something. On the opposite ends of the spectrum. So, boot camp. So, how was it going through boot camp? Uh, was it, is it like they say, Newsom, suck in that gut, put that oh, chin that's- up? Yeah, that part, yeah, they, they played mental games. So I used to run track, so I ran the long distance. I, my, my main race was the mile. So I was in good shape. I, I had wrestled. Uh, I ran track. I was in the band. So Yeah, them skinny um, legs. And I dealt with a father that was a master sergeant. Mm. So dealing with the cycle, somebody being in your face and yelling and you not freaking out, some guys, they, they couldn't handle it, you know, they're not used to somebody getting in their face and you can't move. And, you know, they, me, that was the mind game wasn't nothing. I, I dealt with that for 18 years. So <laughs> I didn't have no. And plus, I was in good shape. So I did good with the the physical fitness. So boot camp really wasn't that bad for me. The hardest thing was um, they have to let you watch TV an hour a day, but they would cut it on snow for that hour. So you don't are you could. So you really. You, Oh, there was I, I didn't hear music until the last phase. So you in the Marines, you're in there for three months. The other ones are like two and a half months or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I didn't talk to anybody for three months until my last phase. I didn't talk listen to radio. So I didn't hear any music for three months. Didn't watch any TV other than that snow. After a while, you don't even look at the TV. You know, so by law, they have to allow you to watch your when you first get there and you get to your platoon, you have to write a letter. So they they have everybody sit down and write a letter. Mom and dad, I am fine. And that's it. You mail it. <laughs> that's it. So times are definitely different when I was in in uh, 83 than they are now. I understand you're a lot relaxed, a lot more relaxed now. Uh, so. How did you get, because I know you, you know, obviously I've talked to you for a while, so I know you could play the saxophone, right? Mm-hmm. Did you learn that in school or was it after your military career? At what at what point did you pick up and, and start developing that, you know, that skill? Funny, funny you ask about that. No, so <laughs> I, I played, uh, you know. You was in a band? In the band through through high school, middle school, elementary. So I think I got into it like the fifth grade, mm-hmm. and, but I didn't take it serious. I didn't learn all my scales. Band was like an easy A. It was fun, you know. You in it with girls and you doing the <laughs> Thundercat. Here you go, oh, Thundercat. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I w- I went into the Marines for band. Uh-huh. I, Hold on, you went into the Marines for band? Yes. How you? I didn't even know you can do that. You can go into the Marines for. They have the Marine Corps band. They have the Army band and Navy oh, band. Oh, that's Everyone. right. That's right. So, um, which would have been a sweet deal, right? Because that's like a your job traveling the world playing music. 
Um, but this is the thing. You learn two years of college theory and music in six months. It's really accelerated. So there, and when you go into the military, in the Marines, there is no A, B, or C. It's just pass or fail. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're going to a specialized school like admin or whatever, and the, whatever test you're taking, there is no test. You, can, you can't fail any tests. So, for example, when you go into boot camp and you're on the rifle range, if you fail your, your um, you know, you don't, you don't become marksman. Right. You got to recycle and do it again. If mm. you fail the, the swim portion, you got to, the hardest part is treading water for five minutes, right? In your five camp. minutes? Yeah, in your camis, full camis. No boots, but full, full camis, and you got to tread water. That ain't no joke. It's like a rock. Are you and, in a uh, pool? Are you in a pool? Or Yeah, you're in a pool, but it's like a 10 or 12 foot pool. So there, you, can't be touch, you can't touch the bottom. I know. That's and you tough. jump in there. Man, that was the hardest thing I did. I was in there. This is how close. I was swimming to, to the side. So I was on my back, right? Floating. And, you know, being black, you don't float as well as others. So you have to keep your lungs full of air to stay up on the water, right? Oh and the water kept on getting higher and higher. And then it was hitting in my nose. I said, man, I'm getting up out here. So I started making my way to the side. I was going to tap out. And right before I was going to grab the side, they blew the whistle. In five that's minutes. Old, that's all, man. So they let you float on your back in, so you can tread any way you want to. Survive. You got five minutes touch. in the water oh, with your okay. cameras. <laughs> Just make it. So I was I I took a swim instructor class, you know, mm-hmm. to teach swim lessons and and also lifeguard. I was a lifeguard too, so I understand when it comes to treading water, it's tough. We only had to yep. do it for like three minutes, and then try try what what can full on. gear, yeah. Oh yeah. man, that man. <laughs> so what else? Anything? What else? That that um, as far as the boot camp or training period, you know, you, you had to be the, able to tread water. Fitness test. Mm-hmm. So I maxed that out. I actually got a trophy because I got the high PFT when I was in there. So is it a, is it like a, a a a man with like chicken legs? What the trophy look like? <laughs> oh no, it was like the Iron Man. You know, it, it was, it, you know, it resembled. You know, it was just, work with. <laughs> you know, I'm so, a mess with you. You know, yeah. I'm a mess with you. Now with that, you have to um, do. Was it either 18 or 20 pull-ups? I can't remember now. I think it was 18 pull-ups or 20. You had so, to. Yeah. So to I got it. a question for you, uh, yeah. Mike. It's from Isaiah. Happened to be my son too, by the way. Oh. Okay. He said, "Would you do it all over again?" Good question, Isaiah. Yes. Yes. See, hindsight is 2020. Right? <laughs> you said that with a little. Uh, because yeah. I know. I, when I was in the Marines, I had the best time and the worst time. Mm-hmm. I can tell you, I can tell you stories from the camaraderie. There were some good times traveling, wanted- and but I can tell you sometimes there's still a lot of racism in there. It's still, um, you know, when I was getting out and I knew I didn't want to re up. Mm-hmm. You know, they they can try to make it rough. They tried to um, get me to sign in my SRB, uh, which is your record book. You know, they tried to mess you up so you can get other than Ottoman. You know, I fought that stuff. So there was good stuff and bad stuff. But ultimately, it made me to the person I am today. Mm-hmm. So what happens is a lot of people that sign up, 
they can't wait to get out. Mm -hmm. Right there. When I got, I was going to my, uh, after the basic, I went to my, um, the infantry school on Camp Geiger. So I went into the bus station. There was a guy there. He was shipping out. It was like his last two days. And he said, yeah, I got like two or three in a wake up call. I said, two or three on a wake up call. I said, what's that? See, I got two more days. And when I wake up, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out of there. I said, what? I said, y'all actually count. I said, look, bro. He said, you going to do it too. I said, you going to be counting down five, 600 in a wake up. <laughs> and I, I'm looking at, I said, no, man, I was like 732 in a wake up. <laughs> wow. So at this point, how, how, how long, how many days or? Were you in at this point when you talked to that guy? Well, I had did. That was my first day to my school. So. Oh, okay. So, well, no, let me correct. After I did, after I didn't pass the the band school, then they ship you wherever they want you. So they ship me to the grunts. The so grunts. I went in for band, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't give you the back story on that. I went in for band and um, because the school was so accelerated and I wasn't prepared. You got to know all your scales, the circle of fifth. You know, the, the hardest test that I um, I passed the first phase, the first three months. The, the second one, they have this one test where you got to sing. So they give you note, uh, a, le a number, one, three, five, eight, five, three, one. So it's like, okay, that's simple. One, three, five, eight, five, three, one. Well, the test is six, two, three, eight, and you got to hit them notes. <laughs> So on this piece of paper, wow. they got the notes and random and all they mm -hmm. got the number and you got to sing the note. Wow. That is the hard. I was like, one, eight, three, two. <laughs> 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 no, hold, hold. I was like, hold, hold, hold. three, two. <clears throat> so it, but it'd be easier if you played it, though. You can play the notes, right? No, no. This part of the test was you had to sing the notes. Oh, no. I'm just yeah. asking. It's easier to play the notes. Well, the notes are are on the lines so uh -huh. when you have a note it's in a this is it's memorization so if it's c i know the fingering for c mm -hmm. if it's d i know the fingering for d but when it's just a number and you have to is for your tone you have to hit this oh man yeah that was that's what 95 percent of the people fail from is that one test so i i tip my hat and i have the utmost respect for anybody that, that made it through that's in the it don't matter if you're in the Army, the Navy, the Air Force. They all have to go through this one school in Norfolk, Virginia. and um, Norfolk? Norfolk, Virginia. So if they make it to the band, <laughs> they can play. So I tip my hat because uh, so now I play um, what I want because I had stopped. I really didn't play after I got out the Marines. So I didn't pick the horn up until my 40s. So, Mike, you have you got you got a horn uh, around you. Uh, why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 I want to see what you could do, brother. Enlighten time. us a little I, bit. I'll show you the horn. Yeah, show us. <laughs> no, you ain't doing that to me. We can't. I can't get you to play it without bringing it over here, anyways. <laughs> So you tuned in right now, Impact Podcast, Coach A. I got my friend Mike. Mike was in the Marine Corps. He's we in here chopping it up. Oh, look at that! You got a couple of them things. 
Yeah, these are the main ones I play. I have a few more, but these are the main ones I play, and I have a soprano. I have a couple more altos. So, wow. So they. This is I the alto. Mm-hmm. This is the tenor. Where you play at now? I play in in my living room. Where I have my room that I made into a music room. I make uh, YouTube videos and stuff like that, and put them on uh, Facebook. So, oh, yeah. like, there's a song I like. I I just learn it. And then I play it. Do the cover. They call yeah. it. Co- you do the cover. No pressure. You ain't got no. <laughs> no. You know. Pressure. You know. You can go over on on uh, Anna Marie Island over there and and uh, play if you want to. And they get you a little uh, the little bucket for tips and stuff. Don't think I didn't think about that. And you <laughs> exactly. You no, know, I make because you know I, at this stage of the game, it's like if I want to do it, I just do it. Mm-hmm. You know. A lot of people get held back, have ideas and and ambitions on doing stuff, and out of fear, whatever they don't do it. At this stage of the game, they can like it, don't like it. I'm just gonna do, you know, what makes me feel good. So I may I may do it. I don't think I didn't think about it. You know, getting the generator, setting my <laughs> rig up out there, and just go out there and put some tips just for, just because. Just because. Just because. Not that I need the money. It's just you know I never did it. I and I like put you know doing stuff I never did before. So did you take um, any more classes or you know after? No. So whatever you learned through uh, through middle school and high school, that, that was, was it. it. Yeah. So you just practice after that. Yeah. So I'm I'm actually teaching myself to transcribe because. Um, there, I may find a, a song that's in in the E flat, which is the alto, and but I want to play it on the tenor. I may have transcribe it, take the notes because the notes, the fingering is the same, but the keys are different. Mm-hmm. So if I'm playing one note here, it's a different note here. So I have uh, to, you know, figure out those notes, which can be challenging sometimes. Mm-hmm. So getting back. Okay, let you put them back. That's a nice couch you got there, Mike. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, why white? Is, uh, that a, is that sit? You have company come in and sit on that couch, or that's one that man, white all our kids are grown. It's just me and my wife. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get to a certain point, you just you can do it how you how you like it. And keep it clean. Keep it clean. It ain't, it, you know, it's like we ain't doing nothing but sitting on it. You know, so <laughs> it ain't like we got no crayons and nothing like that. So, so what's the biggest the the biggest takeaway from your uh military experience? Mm, um what would you say? Like a lot of times, you know, they always say that, you know, when you go to the military and you know it it you know, builds confidence and teamwork and all these, you know, supposedly. Well, that's what, what they I realized you courage. No, you either have it or you don't. It may reveal it. It may reveal your true nature. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people can say what they're going to do in a certain situation. But when the stuff hits the fan, whoever you are is going to show up. Mm. Um, you know, I, I like I like who showed up during certain situations. I mean, I could there's a whole bunch of stories I can go into. That well, we got time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, 
Well, I shared, okay. We were in Korea. So mm -hmm. when you go to what is called a FAP, we would go to a float for six months. We went to Okinawa. And when you get to Okinawa, you may go to the Philippines for a month, go to Korea for a month, mainland Japan, Mount Fuji. So, which I went to all those places. So this one, we went to Korea and we, we, we sailed there. We was on a ship, LSD, and it took like a week to get there or maybe a few days. I can't remember how long, but it was at least one or two weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we got off and then we went, we were going to train in the mountains for a month. So we went, got on the Amtraks. We left early in the morning when we hit the beach, we drove in the Amtrak all day, like until like eight, nine o'clock at night. When we, when they opened the door, it was dark. It had been raining all day. <laughs> so when they opened it up, it was nothing but mud everywhere. And it's, it's pouring down so hard that you have ponchos that you put over your head, right? Over here. Mm. When it rains hard enough, it, the rain soaks through those ponchos. You still get wow. soaked. So we, we're riding in this Amtrak for like eight hours. When they stop, they tell me, oh, y'all got to get out. I say, what do you mean get out? <laughs> <laughs> they say, we got to get some rest. I say, hold up. We've been in this thing all day long. And now... You got to get some rest. Hey, we, 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 you cool. You can rest. So they kicked us out the Amtrak. So you, we're sitting, standing up in the rain. Normally when you go out in the field, you know, it's like who is, who is the Amtrak, they? The Amtrak driver. So the Amtrak driver, you had the driver, the A driver, and uh, and the gun. There was three of them. And um, so they kicked us out so they can get some rest. It is pouring down rain. We couldn't even sit down because it was just mud everywhere. So you're standing up and they had this 50 gallon drum that they had to fire. This is how miserable, this is one of the miserable days. We're sitting there, got your rifle in your pack, right? Looking at this fire slowly go out because of the rain. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's, you're just sitting there like, and nobody was saying nothing. Normally when you go out, people singing, you know, kicking the, you know, cracking jokes, you know, but there was nothing. It was just, all you can hear is the rain hitting the mud. I remember this stuff. So I'm sitting there and okay, so eventually the rain stops and you sit down in the mud. You soaked already, so it don't really matter. And all three of them fell asleep in the Amtrak, right? So which is a no-no. You always got to have somebody on fire watch. They're supposed to have at least one person up. And their CO came over and caught them all sleeping. So he made them get out like one or two, 12 o'clock at night. I can't remember what it was early in the morning and build a, a dig a tank trap. A tank trap is like 10 foot deep, 10 foot right. wide. For a tank it, to fall in. Yes. They were up all night. So that's that karma. <laughs> See, we, when wow. you ain't, they could have let us stay in that daggone Amtrak and sleep in it. See, but we we said it. I it was like a sweet victory. So it went from a miserable to aha, got see, should let us stay in. <laughs> <laughs> but wow. so we're up there and um, we train for a month, 
smelling like all to be damned coming back. And um, you got a whole battalion that was training. So it's hundreds of people long, if not thousands. It's a long single file line going from where we were uh, training in the mountains back down to the beach. And um, we got lost. We started at eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and no, 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 eight, I'm sorry. Nine o'clock, nine o'clock at night we started. So we humped all through the night, all through the morning. You're talking about sleeping, standing up. Oh yeah, I, you can sleep standing up. You can sleep walk. So I remember being so exhausted. You would just, you, you, you hear the guy in front of you, you sleeping with your, walking with your eyes half closed like this, listening for the man in front of you, right? And then because it's a, a single file, it would be like accordion. Like if he stopped, I stopped. So, but when he stopped, he falls asleep. And everybody behind him is sitting there falling, is sleeping, right? You gotta Standing keep going. Up. The person in front of him is took off again. So it's like when you wake up, you the guys are half a click in front of you. So you start running, <laughs> trying to catch up. And, and so we did that for hours. And then we, uh, like eight, eight or nine o'clock in the morning, we finally made it there humping through the rice paddies and you know it was it was a rough it was that's some humping mm -hmm. eight hours straight you talking about exhausted <laughs> wow and then one last thing when when we got there we got on to the amtrak and we're going back to the ship we ran over a fishing net on one of the tracks so it would just go in a circle because one track was dead so they got a, a big rope they pulled us to the um the hull of the ship, they had a ramp that would come down. They had to get everybody on the ship trying to pull us in. So, but understand the ship with the ramp in the water is going like this. The Amtrak is half on, half off. We don't know what's happening. All we know is I saw my man, the, the guy that was back there, the A driver that's back mm -hmm. there with the, with the troops, he started coming out his gear. <laughs> I start coming out my gear. <laughs> you didn't even so ask no questions. What, no, what happened was the, the ship went up like this. The Amtrak turned on the side. The only thing stopped it from sinking is the track got caught on the ramp. So that's oh. the only thing. So when the ship came back down, you could feel the Amtrak yank inside of the inside of the hull of the ship. So we know something happened, but we didn't know how serious it was because I'm sitting here like this, the guy's across from me and me looking down, the whole thing turned on the side. So I'm looking at his <laughs> face in his bed like that. You don't know what's going on. You're like, this is something. And that's when my man started coming out of his gear. So I started coming out my gear and they yanked us in there. So when we got out the Amtrak, everybody, I'm talking about hundreds of people. This thing is like 23 tons. This Amtrak is like a, a tank. But it doesn't have the, the gun. They had the scariest look on their face. You talking about white knuckles? <laughs> all, all, all their knuckles. And, you know, they were more scared than we were. They like, man, y'all don't even realize y'all almost died. This own Amtrak almost went off. It had went off. It would just sink because they had so, to have the yeah. door open wow. to drive it. So that's just one thing. But, you know, those are long and drawn out stories. But, yeah, there's quite a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> so did you is, was there at any point where you you thought about or feared actually 
being in battle or or anything like that i'm sure everybody think about it at one point because that's what the military does well i i don't think people really people sign up for a lot of different reasons mm-hmm. you know and playing call of duty and all that my <laughs> nephew used to play call of duty i said if you if you really want to be this have this game and that what how it really is when you die the game should shut off and you can't put it back on. Because, <laughs> you know, you see him running behind the trash exactly. can and stuff like yeah. that, running out there shooting up. I said, no, it ain't like, I can't even play it. I said, no. When you get shot and you die, that's it. The game should, <laughs> the game should stop. <laughs> you, it shouldn't be like, oh, you get a second and third life. There is no second and third life. So um, a lot of people sign up to travel, to uh to go to college when they get out. A lot of alternative motives, but the, the bottom line is when you sign up into the military, I don't care what field you go into, your job is if if the stuff hits the fan, your job is to fight. Mm-hmm. Hold on one second. So, yeah. can you hold on one second, mate? Thank you. Smooth mic. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they, they sign up for a lot of different reasons. And when the stuff hits the fan, some of them aren't prepared. They went in trying to see the world, but now they got to fight. And you know, you're not, you may not be prepared to see your buddy get shot or killed or have their guts spilled out. Luckily, I didn't have to see any of that. Mm-hmm. So um, I came right. I came in in '83. My unit. I was in two six. So my unit relieved uh, one or two eight. They had got bombed in Beirut is that uh, Marine unit where they had the truck come through the gate mm-hmm. and, and killed a lot of Marines. So my unit, before I had got with them, went over there to relieve them and to secure the airstrip. And then when they came back to main side, that's when I got with them. So I missed Beirut. And then I got out in 87, right before the desert storm. So I was mm-hmm. right in that little window where I didn't have to see any of that, and I don't regret it. I'm sure. Death, people can say what they want. Death is a lonely experience, and I ain't got to go through it to know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, getting out was it a, a coach? First of all, how many how many years were you in? I did four years active, two years inactive, long enough to know I didn't want to do twenty, and I would so, tell. I was going to ask you, did you have to uh, adjust once you got out? Um, like mentally, physically? Not, did you not have mentally. To... No, I really didn't have to adjust because I was probably a little bit more disciplined, disciplined, if I'm saying my tongue is tied, than a lot of people already out. So mm-hmm. I, I had to put up with a lot more stuff than the average person out in here had, had to deal with. So... I hear people whining about working 40 hours. I'm just like, really? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I had that. I had the uh, advantage, I guess, mentally. It didn't. Didn't affect me getting out. The biggest thing is a lot of people want to get out, but they're afraid to get out because they don't know anything other than what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So they're counting down. They're like 500 and wake up there. They can't wait till they get out until they get short. Short is when you get under a year and they start really thinking about, man, I don't know anything other than killing. And they re re up 
But what happens is they were ready to get out after their first four or the first six. And then they get in trouble and they lose their honorable status and they get other than honorable. So they lose their benefits. I knew Mm -hmm. I didn't want them to do 20 in the grunts. So I've always had a fearless mentality. I'm, you know, where other people, they were supposed to get out and they read up. When I was set my mind to get out, I'm out. I'll take my chances out there. If you had been on the band, you you would have stayed. I probably would have stayed. Well, who knows? <laughs> who knows? You know, I never was in there, so I don't know the stuff they had to put up with. You know, they got to be uh, covering the line, uniform, mm-hmm. spit shine. You know, they have to go. They they're gonna have their issues, but it's a different set of issues. Right. <laughs> it might have been worse if you you know it might have been doing something you, know, you love, obviously. Yeah. yeah. So, so you you said you've been to Korea, all them different places. Mm-hmm. So, do you you do you still like traveling now? Well, I, obviously, I would I would I would love to travel. It's just right now I got my head down. I'm focused um, on my business, mm-hmm. you know, working, trying to financially get set. Um, so I, when we get a chance to travel, we travel. We you have to have a balance. You know, I've been to Vegas, been to Bahamas. You know, I, we go places, but we want to go more places. But to me, as a man, it's my responsibility to make sure that the, the family is financially situated. Right. First. Mm-hmm. And when we can take like a long weekend, we'll do that. Like uh, in August, I may go to Virginia for my family reunion. So we do stuff, but... Um, it's going to be like a bucket list, like this places that we want to go and we're just going to start doing it. Mm-hmm. So Mike, again, I know a little bit of your background. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we've had, we've had discussions before. So you tell me a little bit about your faith. My faith. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I believe. <laughs> I, no, I, I I believe in the Word of God. I believe in keeping the laws and commandments. Mm-hmm. Um, did you did you have strong faith when you went into the military or at? Or I didn't have. There? You know, I didn't. I didn't have that faith. I was, you know, mm-hmm. grew up in the Christian church. The pastor was sleeping with everybody. Um, <laughs> you know, I was. It there was a lot of questions, a lot of unanswered mm-hmm. questions. So it was play play when I went to church. I, you know, I was young. So I'm in there again for the girls to see what girls come to church. I was in the church for girls. Yeah. Well, you know, when I, I was a kid, you know, most guys, when they was going in, they're looking at the cute girls and that's what I was there. You know, I would listen here, but I see, I saw a lot of contradictions. I saw a lot of the old mothers. They were all cantankerous and, Mm. you know, mean, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> the the pastor, you know, he was in all kinds of scandals and stuff like that. So I'm like, ah, I don't know. Let me look did, at salad. <laughs> did your was your how how about your father? Was he a, a strong believer or a strong man of faith? Or I think he was searching. He was he mm. knew there was something. He because he tried Christianity, like the Christian church. He tried. Um, um, Jehovah Witness. I remember when they used to come to the house and, you know, 
I had questions. They couldn't answer some of my questions satisfactorily <laughs> to me. And I was a teenager at the time, right? Yeah. Um, and then after a while, he he always had a uh, he he always had a strong belief, but he did. I don't think he found anything out here that could answer his questions or he was satisfied with. So he always believed in God and all that, but none of the man-made doctrines really satisfied him. And mm-hmm. uh, my mom would take me and my sister to church. And that was just a, a ritual. You know, we went there. So I had a, a foundation I would heard, but, you know, heard the word. But as I got older, can start and can ask questions. There was a lot of questions that weren't answered. Mm-hmm. So when I heard, you know, the word, I was like, okay, this is what it is. You got you got your questions answered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are they answered in? I'm, I'm assuming they answered from the Bible, out of the yes, Bible. Yes. Okay. If it's if it ain't coming from the Bible, it is what we feel. Well, you wasn't being specific. You were just you were just saying you're you you know you got your questions answered though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you, well, you you have to understand. Yes, me and you know me and you we we've had conversations. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, so we're on a different platform right yeah, now. Yeah, Everybody you know, in that conversation. So you could be a little bit more, you know, explain a little, a little bit more detail, sir. Okay. <laughs> talking to me like Adrian, you know. Yeah, well, you, you know. know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I identify and believe that the blacks, American, Spanish, Native, uh, are the Israelites of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um. I believe the Bible was written to a certain group of people and it pertains to them. And then other cultures took it. And it, that's like the Bible is a book of the law. It, it wasn't a book of the religion. Mm-hmm. So that's like going to China and finding their law book and taking their law book and saying, I'm going to make a religion out of this. Making a religion and, and out of it. it. So, and once you understand that the Bible pertains to you, then it takes on a total different meaning. Because mm-hmm. uh, when you read it, you'll always go back to uh, about this is to the Israelites. This is to the Israelites all mm-hmm. from Genesis all the way through Revelation. So after a while, you have to, you know, you just start believing it. And um, I believe so. I don't eat unclean food. I grow my beard because it says to grow your beard. That's why I, I used to have the, my chin strap. But I used to round the corner of my beard. The Bible says, don't round the corner of your beard. So I just, that's how you repent. When you find out a law, mm-hmm. you follow it. And that's what repentance is. So if you are, if you steal, the way you repent is, is not by saying, I'm sorry or forgive me. The way you repent is you stop stealing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's what repentance is. So when you find out a certain law, you, you stop doing it. Or you get in line with the law, and that's what true repentance is. So you say you don't eat unclean food. That means um, you eating all gluten free, organic food. It does. The Bible has nothing to do with no gluten. <laughs> <laughs> that's a man made. That's some man made oxymoron. That's like cookies <laughs> with no sugar. I wish I would. <laughs> 
No, I'm gonna tear. A, <laughs> a, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna tear a, a sugar lace cookie up. <laughs> no, but you know what? I, you know, I, I talk to people. A lot of times, I don't have this conversation with a lot of people because some people are so ingrained in what they believe. Mm-hmm. It, it just causes confusion, or exactly. everybody's just trying to prove their position instead yeah. of really considering or listening. We- we already did that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. We, I'm not interested. We are. We already passed that point. Yeah, yeah. We're, me and you are past that. But you know, we, yeah. I don't know how many people you have on there. But I'm talking about in my everyday walk. I don't push it. You know, if I'm talking to a person and I I feel that they have a question or they or they ask. Now, if you ask me, I'm gonna tell you my truth, mm-hmm. right? I'm not gonna BS you, and it may not be what you expected or what, or what you were right. looking at. But I'm going to tell you my truth and what's working for me, getting in line with keeping the laws and commandments is, is working for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I do. So when people, if you seek God first and seek the kingdom first, everything falls in place. Yeah, all else will be added onto mm-hmm. it for sure. So that's awesome. I, I Me personally, you know, like I said before, we've had, Tons of conversations, yes. tons of text messages, which Ooh, I still when we, have. When we first got together, yes. and, you know, and, and it was just about really not so much listening to the other. It was more about let me show you what I believe, and you know, at some point, it's like, hey, it's okay. You yeah. can't if you don't. You're gonna believe what you're gonna believe. You put it out there. If you believe it, cool. If you don't. But we can still have a discord and still come together. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like it was just just it was like a test. Not not that we was testing each other um overtly or something that we was doing deliberately, but it was just a test to see uh true, you know, organic friendship rise, you know, out of two different people and two different belief systems or whatnot. And I feel like that's most important in society is that we learn how to get along, even if we don't believe the same thing or, you know. Right. So I think that's important. That's probably why we, you know, always swing back and talk. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's like this. The thing is, you're going to have people that have different beliefs in, in all different types of areas, right? Yeah. And are you able to stand on your truth, whatever it is, and accept somebody else may not have the same belief or truth as you and still some people when you talk about religion, that's like most wars are behind religion, a woman yes. or religion. And it was never meant for that. Um, so you could stand on your truth. I, I, I vocalize what I believe and, you know, why I believe it. You vocalize what you believe and why you believe it. And if you, you know, want to come over to the right side, you're more than welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard no, that one. You know what I'm saying? Listen, you need you, a new one. I've heard that one a million you know, times. All, all you can do is put it out there, but you can't make a person <laughs> take anything. You know, just, just stand on your truth. And um, sometimes you just have to agree to disagree. Exactly. <laughs> so, Mike, um, you just purchased the house. Well, I mean, obviously, it's not brand new. I mean, it's been how many months? Uh, September. September. I went to close in September. 
Yeah. Congratulations again. Well, I probably said it about three or four times. And I understand you just per now. You talking about me, but uh, we talking you, about you. Yeah, yeah. No, yes. no, no, no. You've been asking. So I understand yeah. you just purchased a house. Yes. And how yes. long has it been with you? Man, we closed um April 20th. So you just you smell just. you brand new. We st we still got rooms that don't have furniture in it. Out hey, and take your time. <laughs> yeah. We we did the same thing. We still have you like we have plans for certain rooms. Yeah. Our kids are grown. We got we got grandkids. We got 10 grandkids. Mm -hmm. We ain't in no rush. We're gonna yeah. take our time to do it right, do it the way we want to do it. Yeah. In fact, when you called me today, I was clearing out one of the the rooms, putting the the stuff where it needed to go, and you know, getting stuff more organized in the boxes because my wife was tired of looking at it. It would it came at a super busy time for us. Mm -hmm. Just think about this: you have uh, the tax season ending right? oh, yeah. around that time, and so not only that, we have my wife she has a, a dance studio so she was working on her recital her annual recital she got you know over 50 kids that's organized and you know doing all these dances so she got a she's the director so she has to make sure that the facilities in place the dances are in order the outfits that the kids are wearing she had to order these things make sure everything is in order so it was a super busy time and then during the midst of all that you know how it is leading up to getting the house you have to you know all the paperwork all the paperwork the yeah, inspections yeah. and mm -hmm. st stuff like that so it was it was crazy it was crazy i was even thinking man i would ne i should never went to purchase a house that, during this time knowing how busy it was going to no, be no, no. now but, now is always whenever now is now mm -hmm. is always the right time exactly you, you just have to deal with some inconvenience yeah but get the house get in the game it's more important that you got the house than your business at that time yeah absolutely so and we're definitely happy so you know we definitely have to invite you guys over at some well, point you know, yeah definitely but I'll, I'll tell you when when we got the house um and one thing I would say for people, older people, and if over 40, 50 that want a home and you haven't got it yet for credit, whatever reason, I tell you, every morning you get up, get up with the drive to get to get your house. Never give up. I'm 56, you know, and if even if I hadn't got it every day, I would have got up trying to get it. And eventually I would have got it. So that's a good point because I feel yeah. like it's a lot of people that give up or they they never and we had a little bit of discussion about this earlier minds their minds never switch over to that that's a particular to me I, I view that as a particular mindset mind state you have to switch over to that per you know purchaser somebody who wants to buy a house mm -hmm. you know you have to switch from the rental aspect or the rental mentality to the homeowner mentality you have to do it in business too and i noticed right. what i'm noticing because obviously being a tax professional i deal with people with different levels of income and stuff like that mm -hmm. and so i noticed that that whenever you you know looking or or want to be successful that your mind has to change that's obvious mm -hmm. but there's a, always a transition from 
to give me everything to the conquer to I'm taking over things even in I've learned that business wise because you, you you understand this too if you switch over to wanting to purchase a house that means your mindset has to switch from how much getting the biggest refund to you know what I'm saying to paying the least amount of tax you see what I'm saying you have yeah, to so okay. So yes, you have, one you got to understand money, because yes. getting a refund is just getting your own money back. So once you start understanding a lot of stuff, uh, I turn my light on. Keep talking. You know, it helps you switch gears. So I, ha- I think I've always wanted a home. I tried to get a home back in uh, 09. and. I was this close to buying a house and making the biggest mistake in my life because I, I wasn't going to use my BA. I was going to do a conventional. Mm-hmm. And I would have got a B loan that would have um, adjusted. And I would have been just like everybody else, get a home. And then uh, now you can't afford it because the, the rates adjusted. So now is the right time. You know, when I got this house, I was in it within 30 days from the time. Uh, so what I did is. When I moved over, I've been over in Bradenton since 2015, and I'm in Northport now. And I started investing. So I was taking money and investing it periodically, and then I got more discipline. And I got up to $9,000. Um, and I had I made like 2,000 gains. So it's, that's like saying, out of my pocket, I'm investing 7,000, but I made $2,000 in less than a year. Mm-hmm. And and I have like a bunch of credit cards. I got like 15 credit cards. <laughs> it could be a bad thing, but I had made some major purchases. I bought a car, I, I bought one of those saxes. And um, so my my credit was starting to get out of hand. So what I did is I took $9,000 the $9, and paid all my high interest debt off, paid my credit cards off. My utilization dropped down to 1%. My uh, score shot up to 756 like overnight. And when it did that, when my last card reported and my score adjusted, I immediately caught, contacted my um, broker that dealt with VA loans. Mm-hmm. And then I asked his recommendation for a realtor. So I, I commandeered the money first before I started looking. I wanted to see how much I was qualified for. And then once I did that, I asked him, who have you worked with that deals with his knowledgeable in VA loans? So he had a guy that he had been dealing with for years. So they they were familiar with one another. So it was a smoothest transition. Less than 30 days, I was in my spot. That's good. You didn't have any other offers? Yeah. I, we, Me and my wife, we looked around. This was the first house we no, saw. No, what I mean... I mean, did you have any other offers to compete with any um, other buyers? You know, a lot of people. No, no. This one had been on the market for a while. Right. Um, So the first day we saw it, we wouldn't look at like maybe four or five other houses. And then when we parted ways with the realtor. Me and my wife was just sitting there and talking. I said, that's the house. That's that first one. It's on a corner lot. Mm-hmm. It's it was older than the brand new ones, but it was bigger inside. The square footage was more. The layout to me was better. I have a you know a vaulted ceiling, tile. We didn't want carpet. 
We got top, so we got we got everything we were asking for. Yeah. So and it's on a corner lot. All the other houses were between two houses and stuff like that. So, close together. They close together. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a quarter acre, so we just pulled the trigger. You know what I've learned to do is once I run it through my mind and it makes logical sense, I I don't hesitate. I pull mm-hmm. the trigger <laughs> because most people get stuck in trying to make it perfect and get all the answers and and their feet start growing roots and and then the opportunity passes them. So we yeah they they I've I've read several books that. That talk about that. They talk about um, most successful people, you know, like the millionaires, they usually act right on their uh, yeah. initial thoughts or, you know, ideas that they have. They don't hesitate or yeah. procrastinate. I, tr- so I, trust my, I trust my, my judgment. Intuition, your judgment, yeah. Yeah, it's not, in- yeah, there's some intuition. But discernment, would you, I usually call it discernment because it's, it's a level of discernment, right? It's all of that because you're going to mm-hmm. discern intuitive, but you're still going to use some logic, logical decisions. Yeah, you know, it's still going to make logical sense to do it. You know, mm-hmm. you just, you just can't go all on emotion. You got that. Men were analytical. We're logical. Women we're are supposed emotional. to be. Yeah, yeah. that's in the Bible. Even the Bible tell you that. Tell you, tells you to you know consider you know who, talking about a man building a house. You know, he has to consider the cost and all these different things. Yeah. So there is a level of logic. So that's awesome. So you're in uh where you where's your house at? In Northport. Northport. So do you like it over there in that area? Yeah, love it. I'm in the house. I'm in the game. <laughs> <laughs> the house could have house, house been anywhere. You in know, the game. That's that is the you got to get in the game until mm-hmm. you own your place. You're almost in a game, but it's like different steps. When you're a, a single man, I told my son, they were living with their grand grandparents and they were out in West. They didn't have transportation. They had jobs, but they was uh, working. What my youngest son was working at Walmart, pushing the buggies, right? Mm-hmm. You know, but they still into the girls. I said, look, you off balance right now. <laughs> I talked to my sons and my nephews. I said, when you're off balance, you got to settle for the woman that you want. Yeah, you you know, y'all have looks, so you, you're going to get, you know, you can get some attractive girls, but they're going to get tired of you if you ain't got your stuff together. You ain't if you're off balance, you got to have at least three things. You got to have transportation, you got to have income, and you got to have yeah. your own place. Yeah. <laughs> now, now you can support anything that you put but if you don't have two of those things if you say you have the car and the job but you're staying with your grandparents mm-hmm. you're limited you know one you got to come under somebody else's rule plus you can't be having bringing somebody over there and doing whatever you want or say you have your own place but you don't have transportation you got to be asking people for rides. so the bare minimum is you got to have those three things yeah but the the it seems like the generation now they don't they don't care about that stuff even they don't the, even the girls. They don't until they do. You know, they, <laughs> they don't, don't care about it as long as they, they don't even care their hair done. They don't care yeah, about but that stuff. There, it comes a point for every man when the stuff hits the fan and you you have your life hits you in the face. You know, when you're young, yeah, you 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 the cute little so and so. 
when you 30 years old still <laughs> saying with your, you that nigga in the refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it definitely changes. So, yeah. you, you know, you're going to you can deal with it until life hits you. And the sooner you realize what it is and accept it, the better you can get on track. I, I feel like a lot of the reason people don't come into that is, you know, they distracted. You know, they since the since the culture or the, the the generation is you know has a different type of mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to have your hair done or you know dress neat or look neat or none of those things. So you know, they tolerate playing video games all day and just stuff like that. So I feel like we're always behind. It seems like we're always behind and we don't necessarily mature as soon as we should or we don't learn these things. I mean, as soon as there, we should. there's a whole psychological debate on why that is taking the fathers mm-hmm. out the home. Yeah. How definitely. what happens to boys when you have single mothers raising them? There's a whole bunch of things you can go into that. Um, but one thing that hurts people is having a little bit of success where you get comfortable. Yeah. Absolutely. You you have to get rid of that comfort zone. I'm never comfortable, even though it may appear that I'm living comfort and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I real comfortable. I like realize it. that until I have enough to live for 30 years without somebody else's input or finances, I'm not there yet. <laughs> so you can't. I always set another. When I hit a goal, I set another goal. I don't allow myself to get comfortable, but you know, I, I relax and have a good time. And you know, you know me, I'm pretty much the same here or there. Um, but I keep things in perspective. I'm always pushing myself, striving for better. And that's what I try to instill, you know, to my sons. You know, they're young. So, well, I can't say they're young. They're in the twenties. They're in their twenties right now. So that's, that's their, time when you're trying to find yourself Mm -hmm. just don't take too long (laughs) (laughs) just don't take too long huh that's right but yeah but again it's that that mindset i feel like a lot of people don't really well they don't know the importance you know owning your own home or or purchasing property or even you know stuff like that we just kind of get trapped and like you said once you get success, you feel comfortable mm-hmm. and you get comfortable in renting and you don't, you know, know what you're missing out on. You don't know, yeah. you know, and that's the, you know, that's part of the, the, this channel. That's why I made this, the, you know, obviously, you know, about impact, mm-hmm. you know, that's the whole purpose of impact. And this is just a transition because, you know, a lot of people was moving towards podcasts. And so it's just the next transition to get that, that information cool. out there about, you know, how to have an impact in your life and your career, you know, your income, your account, your relationship, all these things. And it starts with knowledge. And so I feel like I've learned a lot, especially during the pandemic and, you know, this election and uh, all the the um, protests and all those things. It really was driving people to, you know, educate or look up stuff and you know and that's what i started doing you know i should have been educating myself especially on history i hated history i hated i was like you i was done with school yeah but i but i went because i got a basketball scholarship so i went 
it further. So, and I end up, you know, doing two more years and stuff like that. But anyhow, I was, you know, started learning about, you know, home ownership and the importance of it and, you know, what you can do with a home, you know, how it builds equity and, you know, how you can take money out to start a business or put kids through college and stuff like that. And, you know, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that. So I'm like, well, I might as well, you know, stop making somebody else rich by paying rent and start, you know, investing in my own property. Am I? Cause we're going to be paying rent someplace either way it go, mm-hmm. you know, unless I'm moving in with somebody and that's not going to happen. Well, you know, one thing, and I, I talk, I try to talk to a lot of young guys um, coming up mm-hmm. and you may not be in a position to have your own business at, right now, um, but you may have the aspiration to have it. So while you're working for somebody else, that's your time to fund your endeavors. Mm-hmm. And I also tell people, look, you can only go as high as you can see. So if you work in at uh, McDonald's and you all you can see yourself doing is the fry cook, that's as high as you can go. I said, look, I can show you how to own a franchise. It may take some work and some money, some um, dedication, mm-hmm. some sacrifice, but you can do it if that's what you want to do. But you have to look at it and believe it first. Yeah. So, you know, I tell them, I say, look, look at the the position, the highest position that you're trying to go to, because somebody at McDonald's is making seven figures. Somebody at McDonald's making six figures. Somebody, mm-hmm. somebody at McDonald's making high five figures. So you can have it, but are you willing to do what it takes to get to that position? Or are you just comfortable and just, you know, flipping the burgers. Exactly. And, you know, I I had a a, a revelation. Did you? About, yeah, it was, a, it was about two, three years ago about something similar to that. Well, about having that vision, obviously. Mm-hmm. But the way it came to me was conviction. So I'm going to ask you, when you, when you hear conviction, most people think about, you know, whenever they do something wrong or do something bad, they get convicted. And so, you know, it tells them that you did this wrong or did that. And so this revelation that I had was that our convictions is not just to let us know when we just do stuff wrong, but it's also to let us know when we're off track. Mm-hmm. Our conviction is is our GPS system. And so if you don't put anything in your into that GPS system, a destination, then it's not going to run. It's not going to work. Right. So a lot of people go through life without anything in their GPS system. They don't have a mind or their vision set on anything particular, on anything significant. You know well, what I'm saying? I, I, I would go one one step further and have the discipline, the stick to itness, and not trying to get the quick money, but mm-hmm. have the stick to itness to see it through. Even when things don't go the way you want, do you give up or do you still keep going? Yeah, but that's a part of that's a part of it. But you 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 obviously still have to have yeah, the definitely. destination. 
You know, the destination brings the discipline yeah. and the stick to itness. If you're yeah. not, you're not, most people stick at their job, but that's it. They just comfortable there. But until you have that destination of what you, or what your end result is going to look like or what you want it to look like, then your conviction shuts off. It happens all the time. It happens in the simplest form. Like if you say, hey, I'm going to work out five days a week, you know, I've been, I've been, you know, gaining weight or the doctor say I need to lose weight or I need to do such and such. And you tell yourself, I'm going to do this. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you actually start it. Are you You're, able to see you see it through and can and stick to it? Right. But yeah. even still, when you start that, you you automatically turn on your conviction, your GPS. It starts. And so the I minute think, well, you skip when, a day, the I minute two different things, though. What is like when you say the conviction and your GPS, when when I hear the GPS, that's that's your guidance of where you're trying to go to, right? Mm -hmm. Your conviction is your stick to itness to to get there. Like for me, like if 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 I was to use that analogy and mm -hmm. uh, you were talking about your GPS, my GPS is my blueprint on how to get to home ownership. My stick to itness is: Are you able to? you know, be uh, consistent and right. putting, you so know. What, so what you're talking about, your stick to it in this, mm -hmm. you're talking about is your passion. That's your fuel. That's your fuel. Whenever you have a trip in your GPS, you have to have the fuel to get there or you're burn out. You're yeah. shut down on the side of the road. So that's what you're talking about. My what I'm talking about is the direction so that okay. whenever you get off track, the GPS tells you, you exactly. Yeah. That's what your conviction is supposed to do. You say, I'm going to the gym five days a week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. If you skip Monday, you'll feel it. You know what I'm saying? You actually mm -hmm. feel like, cause you know, like there's nobody, there's nobody telling you, Hey, you are supposed to be in the gym. Right. This is what this is what happens. You'd be like, oh, man, I knew I was supposed to go there today. I'll go tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And then if you skip that day, you'd be like, oh, man, that's two you days. Yeah. And then pretty soon. It's a wrap. <laughs> yes. And so what happens is the GPS or the conviction it's shuts shut completely off. off. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And now you're just a regular day. You're just a regular day. And mm -hmm. so we're not we're created. We're not supposed to not have our GPS on ever. Right. We used to always supposed to have something logged into our GPS that we're moving towards. So yeah. that our convict, even within our relationships, within our careers, everything. Most people think I'm just, you know, talking about careers, but I'm talking about relationships. In all aspects of your life. Exactly. In all and, you know, and that's, and I guess we have different terms for it because I would yes. say that's my, that's my goal. So, you know, it, my mini goals, my, I yeah, have, I, I, have all these little, I have all these little goals to get to a larger goal. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's absolutely right. And so a lot of times that's, you know, and it's, it's people call it different things. Like you said, mini goals. Some people call, I heard, I was talking to somebody the other day and he said he didn't have a, uh, bullseye or something that he had something mm -hmm. that he called it. he called it his bullseye or something that he was working towards and i was like oh yeah that's that's good that's a good point you right know? 
You got to have something that target that you're working towards. Yeah. Otherwise, and that's the most. And I, I just try to look at things from a mental and a deep, you know, standpoint, so that I can, because I'm really intrigued with the mind and how the brain operates and stuff like that. And so, understanding that that you know, conviction that you have that feeling that you missed out. <laughs> that you skip, like where did that come from? Like, you know, like n- ain't nobody called me and said, "Hey, you were supposed to be at the gym today." No, that's me telling. <laughs> that's gotta, me. You got to get your own self up. You got to have create. You can't use somebody else to, as your motivation. Exactly. You, you have to motivate yourself. But also getting back to to what you mentioned that that stick to itness, which I call is the fuel, which is your passion, right? Mm-hmm. It's like gas in your vehicle. If you know, if you've been to Orlando or Miami, you know you got to have the right amount of fuel in there to make it. Otherwise, yeah. you'll burn out on the side. So, what would be, you know, if you, if in order for you to get gas in your car, I mean, you know, fuel in your car, you had to stop at a gas station, right? Right. So, if you have a goal, what is your gas station? What's your fuel stop? to help you get to your, your goals? Um, what I guess what has helped me is those many goals that I set, mm-hmm. those tangible goals, obtainable goals. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause the goals ultimately at, if you, that's like looking at, at an algebraic problem and that thing can be this big. If you yeah. look at the whole problem, it's overwhelming. Overwhelming. So, yeah. Uh, any math problem is two numbers and one out of four operations, either adding, mm-hmm. subtracting, dividing, or multiplying. You just have to figure what two numbers and what are you going to do with them. Mm-hmm. So those many goals, I remember uh, it, it started making my age in salary. And I hit that goal so quick. <laughs> I had to ju- I had to, I couldn't use that. I had to, okay, I just need to make 60000 this year. Or, you know, my goal is 60,000. And then every time I set a goal, I would achieve it so quick that I had to start taking me to where I wasn't comfortable uh, thinking that I could obtain. You know, people always say, hey, you can you can do what you want, but you got to see it and believe it or it's Mm -hmm. hard to do it. You know, it's like, yeah, I would love to make that. So what I did is I had many goals. And when I as I hit them, okay push it up as soon as I hit it. And now I'm getting to the point where I'm seeing, starting to see the, the daylight at the end of the tunnel. You know, I got multiple things yeah. going on yeah. and I can see, okay, I can see now that that untangible thing that I thought was, I wanted, but didn't really have the faith or, you know, know exactly how you going to get it. Yeah. You know, so some of that stuff I've already achieved. So now it's like, okay, I'm I'm gonna push it. I'm just gonna put it out there. My next goal, boom, and I'm that's what I'm striving for. You, I may never get it, but every day I'm getting up trying to strive for it. So I'll be exactly, able to, you know. Yeah, that's good, and and I've learned that you know that's how our our body works. You know, our subconscious mind or the inner person inside of us is that problem solver. And yeah. so whenever you set a goal and you impress that goal or that vision, you impress it upon your subconscious mind, 
then it begins to try to solve this problem. And yeah. so, you know, it just continues to work. And pretty soon it gets to the point where it's on auto. You know, yeah. you're on auto. Everything you're doing, you know, most people, a lot of people think that being successful is hard work. But in actuality, it doesn't take any more or any less energy. The only thing that difference is. Huh? The failing, yeah. The only yeah. thing difference is the habits. Yeah. The habits is what and, you know, changes. That's, and, and that's a mouthful because, like, I met with you today, and, and I was just showing you, you know, my finance and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I didn't, until I put it on paper and put it in, in spreadsheet, I didn't realize, man, what I was actually working with. And mm-hmm. that was from making a lot of little changes and a lot of little just redirecting things, things. Yep. yeah yeah it was just That's a lot it. of little things but doing over time and, and after a while that stuff grows and you're like man yeah so yeah it's, so it's just staying being disciplined and yeah sticking I don't, so i don't i don't no longer say that success is hard work <laughs> no not, you, have levels, you have different levels of success mm-hmm. um and of know, course success is directional depending on you know what your what direction you're going, what you're trying to achieve will dictate if you're successful or not. Right. Not, you know, accolades and money and stuff like that. Right. You know, those are the results of you being consistent with what you're doing. You know, money always follows consistency. Well, one of one of my motivations is I did not want to be a greeter at Walmart when it's time to retire. <laughs> I, I bust. I've been in. You can make a great greeter, by the way. Just so you know. Well, whatever I do, I think I'm gonna be successful at. But yeah. I think I can think of something else in my in my golden years. Be doing, standing <laughs> up on my feet. I, you know, I am gonna want to chill. You so can I'm sit working. on the chair, though. Some people I see them sitting in a little cart. They failed. <laughs> <laughs> can I see your receipt? Yeah, you run it after nobody. Like I, every time I get through the door, that sometimes, sometimes I'm already out through the last doors in the thing and make a noise. I'm like, all they do is like, okay. yeah, that's it. You you good, right? Okay, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't still nothing, did you? Nah. So, but that is a that's a motivation. Fear, you know. Yeah, well, of, you know, you want to have. You don't want fear to rule your life, you know, but you need you know, a little bit of fear. Of something for to, motivation, yeah. yeah. A little bit of fear is, is good. Mm. Um, so I use that, you know, I got my license and in insurance because I did not want my wife to, uh, if something happened to me, I didn't want her, her to be on the street or have to live with the kids or ask for money. So mm. it was very important that I, if I was to die early, set that up. And my investments is if I live long. So mm-hmm. I want to have some kind of residual income coming in so that the, you, you can't work harder than money, yeah. harder than compound interest. You just have to understand it. The rule is 72. Um, so once you start understanding it a little, you don't have to understand all of it, just a, little, a couple of That's concepts. <laughs> just start with the rule of 72. Yeah. And then you make man, you can't work harder. I mean, I I remember getting up um and looking at my portfolio when I you know I had some cryptos and stuff like this. Crypto's really 
uh, volatile. So at this stage, I don't want to go for that ride. So I, I have a little bit, but I'm not putting a lot in crypto. But I would get up in the morning and see how much I made overnight. I said, man, I can't work harder than that. that you know, you might work 24-7. <laughs> yeah. So. But that's, a, you know, obviously you're talking about stocks and investment. So yeah. that's another thing, you know, a lot of people don't understand is, you know, getting into You know into what they it. don't understand? They, they, they hear that I should do it, but because they don't have all the answers, they don't do it. All basically... Now, I'm not a I don't have my series six. I'm not a stockbroker or anything like that, mm -hmm. but I can just tell you what worked for me. I can put that disclaimer out there. Um, you froze it, up. Yeah. So stocks is just ownership of a fraction of a company. A bond mm -hmm. is ownership of some debt. Mm -hmm. So when you own a stock for as little as a dollar like Tesla, you own part of Tesla. So. And now that you can do fractional shares, you know, you buy a fractional, you don't have to buy the whole share. There's people don't have any reason not to do it. So, and you want to diversify your portfolio. So, you know, you <laughs> want to do some stocks. You want to, I, I deal with the silver. So you want to deal with some commodities, silver and gold. Oh my um, gosh. He's just going over everybody's head now. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, well, no, because the people that listen to your, um, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Very intelligent people. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you want to diversify, but you want to get into multiple things. You want to think about um, residual income, stuff that's going to be making money even when you're sleeping. Yeah, but they got, but some of the people have to get to that point where they can, you know, put the money over there. You know, they, some people well, the check is, the check. You don't want something. Thing. A lot of a lot of people because they don't have all the answers. They don't do anything. Anything, yeah. And I'm saying, look, this is how simple it is for stocks. Yeah, it can be a little bit more complex, but but in a nutshell, if there's a company that you think is going to be more valuable five or ten years in the future, it's probably a good investment to put something on it. I put a dollar. You can afford to lose a dollar. You mess up. People mess up five, ten bucks a day. A day, yeah. If you if five bucks, that's thirty five dollars a week. So if you were to just take five dollars a day or thirty five dollars a week and put it on something, you're gonna be in a better shape than if you did. But it don't fit the get rich quick scheme. That's the thing. People, you know, they have to understand that you know stocks is investing slowly but surely. You, know, you just you have to stick with it. Come, what comes with getting quick rich? I mean, getting rich can't fit. Getting rich quick is losing it quick. <laughs> just as quick. Just as quick. Huh? I, I like I like a good foundation. I like setting stuff in place, and after a while, it will start moving on its own. Mm -hmm. The this yeah this generation they're they're used to making a lot of money um, on social media and stuff like that. You know, with this culture, council culture, they can cancel you and that's your money. <laughs> and you ain't, and if you ain't got no kind of skill set, what you gonna do? You know they they're not teaching you construction and stuff like that no more. Exactly, and I feel like a lot of people that's why they don't move. That's why they don't move on certain opportunities because they worried about losing it, like a house and stuff like that. Because it was at some a point fear. you have that small fear that you know what if something happens and then I end and, up well. That's an example of, of letting fear direct your path. 
Yeah. Fear, you don't want fear to take the overwhelming control mm. of the helm. You want it just a, li a little bit to keep you moving, mm -hmm. not to get comfortable. But um, <laughs> when you uh, say a hero, a he it's not that a hero doesn't have fear. They all have fear. It's just what you do when you are dealing with fear. Do you curl up in the ball or do you keep going? Yeah. So you, you want to taste the fear, but you want to be able to have the strength to keep going. But you got to have some because if you ain't got no fear, you think it's you're never gonna have anything to worry about, and then time is gonna catch up with you, and then you're yeah. gonna be forty years old and just trying to start to think about retirement. Life don't care nothing about you, and it's coming whether you're ready or not. Ready, and if ready you don't, or not. yeah, if you don't prepare for it, it it will chew you up and spit you out. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, Mike, man. Yeah. I appreciate you swinging through. All right, anytime. It's always bro. a pleasure, man. <laughs> well, I hope I, I hope I did you good. You um, did good, man. I love the 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 setup. The look like you got the blue light with the white couch. Oh, this old, this old, oh. that old thing and the the bear that looked like a bear skin. You, you talking about? Yeah. Oh, look at that. That's oh, beautiful. Yeah. No, what my, is that velvet? Actually, my, my wife actually made that. She uh, made on the other it. Side, yeah, yeah. The other side is leather, right? Mm -hmm. And it has the um, the pins on the leg. I would show you, but so we had the idea. We have uh, two rooms. It, it was supposed to be the dining room, right? And this is the living room. So we had we we're gonna make that a like a conversation pit, and we wanted to put a divider where if you have a party, you can have grown folks talking over there, and. <laughs> I got we got the divider and we had the idea of putting fur on one side, leather on the other side. So nice. it's, it's, it's tight. I like it. <laughs> Again, if I hadn't said it before, I, I definitely thank you for your service. Um, again, appreciate you coming on to, you know, again, this is Memorial Day. So we are remembering some of the, the people that passed, you know, well, serving I our country. Well, I appreciate, you know, you taking the time and, and thinking enough to even consider me for your, your podcast. You know, I thank you. Yeah, <laughs> man. You like you like Billy D. You like Michael D. Williams. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there you go. I, I thought it was hard. The James Harden. <laughs> James Harden the roofing. We ain't even got into that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah alright man right. so you have a great night man too, enjoy yourself you. tell your, send your, your family that all your family my love and peace and we'll definitely get you on again man thanks alright man that's it that's gonna wrap it up again happy memorial day to you know, everybody out there, hope you had a wonderful, wonderful three-day weekend. If you had a three-day weekend, if not, I still hope you had a great weekend. You guys have a good night. I'm out.